are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend, depending on when you're listening to this or if you consider Friday the start of your weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. We've been going through the Timberwolves Big Board, the first edition of my Big Board. We're through 13 players so far, which brings us right to the brink of where the Timberwolves will likely hold a second first-round pick. The Brooklyn Nets pick will probably fall 15th or 16th. I had promised that we were going to get back into the Big Board today. However, I would decided to push that to the next week. There is uh, a ranking currently being done by Axios, ranking the all-time rosters from all 30 NBA franchises. You'll never guess where the Timberwolves ranked. I want to talk through that today. My thoughts on their ranking, also uh, some of the teams ranked around the Wolves as they're being announced, uh, starting with 30 um, up to the best roster, and they're only through like the first four or five. So talk a little bit about that. And uh, I'd like to talk about their methodology as well as my, I guess, a little bit of a rebuttal. They actually didn't do too, too bad of a job, but um, I have a couple of, of tweaks that I want to talk through. So before we do that, though, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. Before we get into Axios, there was a quick piece of Timberwolves news from earlier this week that we had not talked about yet, so I want to get into that. And also mention that I was a guest on the Locked On Knicks podcast this week. I believe that episode's publishing. It should be up now if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, but discussing Tom Thibodeau as the very likely next head coach of the New York Knickerbockers, those guys actually put it at a 90% chance that he ends up being the next, that Tom Thibodeau ends up being the next head coach in New York. Um, so I gave my, I guess you could call it unfiltered, take on Tibbs as a head coach, what he brought to the table for the Timberwolves and what he may or may not be able to bring to the table for the Knicks concerns about him with a young roster concerns about the, uh, lack of inventiveness, um, or the ability to innovate when it comes to well, really both ends of the floor offense and defense. Um, so anyways, without getting too much into that, go ahead and give their podcast a listen. Those guys do a great job at locked on Knicks. The one piece of wolves news that I wanted to note is uh, the Jersey Patch sponsorship, which is, depending on how you look at it, maybe not that exciting. I think it's it's pretty important. Um, I'm interested in the sports business side of it. I also think it's cool. I mean, if you're going to buy a jersey, you know, you want to know what logo is going to be on the uh, on the shoulder there. It's not going to be Fitbit anymore. They had a three-year contract that's expiring. According to CNBC, uh, Fitbit is in the process of being acquired. I think it was by Google, actually. Um, and so they are not going to be moving forward with their partnership with the Wolves. Uh, but the Wolves are, are being pretty open about their search for a new um, a new Jersey patch sponsor. The Timberwolves COO, Ryan Tankey, who's been with the team for quite a while, uh, talked to CNBC. And um, this is his quote now. He said that the club is looking for a sponsor that will help, quote, create impact in our community and, quote, be a champion for social advancement, end quote. And then CNBC notes, you know, a lot of this has to do with the Minneapolis and, and Twin Cities, really Minnesota as a whole community continuing to heal following the death of George Floyd and uh, the tragedy um, surrounding that. And of course, the events that followed. Um, another quote from Tanky from the CNBC article, he said, quote, what we've learned is it's much more than just a physical patch. It's certainly the most visible expression of the relationship. But if we find the right partner, it truly becomes an extension of our organization, end quote. So the Timberwolves are currently... Uh, they're they're going to go about this in a uh, in a very intelligent and thought really 
thoughtful way. Um, and I don't know what the, you know, the deadline to turn something around like that is. I would imagine that it could happen pretty quickly if things didn't come together till fall. And really they've got more time now because the next season is not going to start till sometime in December. So it'll be interesting to see what, what kind of a corporate partner steps up and uh, steps up to the plate is willing to fork over the necessary amount of dollars per year and and what the wolves are willing to do in terms of a, a, a partner. And if this becomes a, maybe, I don't know if it becomes more lucrative simply because there's just that much more, you know, perhaps there's a percentage of funds that's donated to, um, you know, a specific cause in the twin cities, whether it be a social justice organization or, or something like that. Um, be interesting to see how this plays out, but it's notable just because the jerseys are going to look different next year. Fitbit won't be involved. And also because the Timberwolves are, it sounds like really putting their money where their mouth is from an organizational perspective in terms of the relationship with the community and the impact that the Timberwolves want to have on the, on the local community in the twin cities. So kudos to them. And if they do indeed follow through on this, I think it's a really cool idea and it's, it's cool that they're making it public and making their intentions very clearly known, um, as they're, as they're beginning the search. I mean, and it's got to happen fairly quickly. And, and usually when teams, have a sponsorship like this that they're going to, you know, backfill. They probably had an indication pretty early on that Fitbit wouldn't be returning. And uh, curious to know if they had other partners lined up that then maybe aren't going to fit into this uh, this uh, um, this new angle that they're going for to try and to try and heighten awareness of of uh, social advancement and community impact in the Twin Cities. If that changes that list of prospects that they may have had, if it changes the trajectory of the search, but. Um, in terms of sponsorships, I mean, they've only, we talk about it being till December, but that's really only a three or four month window where they can truly pitch this sponsorship and, and solicit, um, you know, new potential partners for this, for this partnership. So be interesting to see how that comes together. We'll definitely keep an eye on it. And if there's anything else that gets reported in advance, we'll certainly talk about it in this space. Next up, we are going to get into the Axios all-time roster ranking. Before we do that, let's talk about our great friends at Built Bar. Also the title sponsor of today's episode, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. We've been working through my Timberwolves big board, the draft big board here at Locked on Wolves. My Built Bar big board, the top three are mint brownie, chocolate almond toffee, and chocolate almond coconut. All three are fantastic. It's three of just 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors of Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're all soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is perfect for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high in fiber. The flavor profile on the aforementioned mint brownie, 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, just four grams of sugar, and five grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. And while we're at it, let's talk about our great friends at Blinkist. Let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people just like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, 
and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had time to. With Blinkist, you can get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. You'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. All right, let's get into this Axios list. Again, Axios is ranking the all-time rosters from all 30 NBA franchises from 30 to number one. They're releasing one per day in their email newsletter. So if you want to get these, go to the Axios newsletter and subscribe. And it's one of a few items that you'll get in your daily newsletter. It's pretty well done overall. It's it's concise. It's easy to read quickly. There's you know 12 man rosters, some quick stats. Uh, it looks like in terms of the criteria, they're primarily using PER and, and total win shares, which is great. You know, I haven't dug into this enough to see if they literally just ranked each team's top 12 guys in win shares. It looks like there's a little bit more nuance to it than that, but maybe not a lot. Um, so for instance, the Grizzlies have a little bit of a disadvantage because they've only been around since 1995, which I think perhaps if they'd been around longer, maybe they end up lower than the Timberwolves on this list. Um, but the Grizzlies roster, we'll just quickly look at this one because it's the only team that actually ended up below the Timberwolves. And the starters on the 12-man for the Grizzlies, all-time Grizzlies roster, according to Axios, Mike Conley at point guard, Tony Allen, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Zach Randolph, Marcus All in the front court, Pau Gasol noted as the sixth man. The bench includes Rudy Gay, Jason Williams, it's white chocolate Jason Williams, OJ Mayo, Shane Battier, Mike Miller, and Bryant Reeves. So yeah, it's not great. Um, Mike Miller had a couple of short stints there. Same with Shane Battier. OJ Mayo made the team, which is, you know, he won rookie of the year, I guess, I think maybe his first year. Um, and, and I know scored a bunch of points, but like Jason Williams was only there four years. So yeah, it's not great. Um, and I understand why they were 30th after reading the list. Um, of course, the Gasol brothers were traded for each other and that's noted here. So they never got to, to share the court together. Um, really interesting uh, looking at this list number of guys who just never made all-star teams. I mean, Mike Conley never made an all-star team, obviously Tony Allen. Um, and that's actually a theme. You look at it, you look at the Timberwolves roster, most of the guys in the Wolves roster, at least, at least the starting lineup made all-star games. And so um, it makes sense why the Grizzlies would be this low, even if their grit and grind era was actually, you know, had a higher peak a more, you know, they got out of the first round more than one time, which is more than the Garnett Timberwolves ever did. So at any rate, they're number 30. Um, the Timberwolves did come in at number 29. So what I'd like to do is go through their roster, go through the the method of ranking the team, and then give my thoughts on how I would tweak the roster. There isn't a ton of criteria given um, in how these rosters are being selected. It looks like position certainly matters in the starting lineup and uh, apparently matters a little bit on the bench because there's some balance to each team. But I think there's a couple different ways we could attack this. So at any rate, Timberwolves are ranked number 29. The Email from Axios points out that the Timberwolves have the worst winning percentage, lifetime winning percentage as a franchise of all time, and it's not close. The Timberwolves' all-time winning percentage is 396. That's not good. means the Timberwolves have won 39.6% of the games that their franchise has ever played. The second worst is the Clippers at a 410 winning percentage. So they're the only team with an under 400 winning percentage all time. 
Of course, the Wolves, uh, that's over the course of, what, 31 seasons now. They were established in 1989. There's only one Hall of Famer to ever have suited up for the Timberwolves. We all know who that is. And the starters in this roster, in the backcourt, Terrell Brandon and Sam Cassell, both noted as guards. So here's where we, Sam Cassell primarily ran the point position with the Timberwolves. Obviously that was Terrell Brandon's position. So while there's two, it's almost like today's all-star rosters in the NBA where it's guards, it's not point guard and shooting guards. So you could, you could quibble with that a little bit. Um, and, and perhaps I will here in a, in a, in a little while when we kind of review what I would do to this roster. But at any rate, the starting lineup is Brandon and Cassell, Wally Zerbiak and Kevin Love listed as the forwards and Kevin Garnett as the center. The sixth man is Carl Anthony Towns, I think if you're looking at the top six players in Timberwolves history, that's pretty close to about right. You know, I don't know if maybe Terrell Brandon makes the top six. Um, But anyways, the bench, Tom Gugliotta, Ricky Rubio, Sam Mitchell, Al Jefferson, Tony Campbell, and Christian Leitner. It's quite the motley crew. Um, The other notes pass along by Axios, and this is just reading from the Axios newsletter. Garnett's one of the best ever any way you slice it. His 22.66 PER ranks 30th all-time in the NBA, while his 191.42 win shares ranks 9th. Again, that's total win shares, which of course is impacted by how many years he played, certainly, to an extent. He's one of six players to win at least four rebounding titles, and he did it in four straight years from 04 to 07. There's also a note about Love's 31-31 game, which of course is interesting, but not relevant to this list. So what do you think about this list? I don't love putting Brandon and Cassell both in the starting lineup. It just bothers me because you wouldn't, in almost any scenario, would you you wouldn't start those two together. It'd be a disaster defensively, and uh, I think the Wolves would have more dynamic options. For me, my first note of reaction to this, my initial reaction was no Jimmy Butler. There's no mention of him in this. It's part of the reason why I think I think literally they went through and just sorted by total win shares because Butler only played one one season and like nine games with the Wolves. And so his total win shares aren't going to probably be in top 12 in team history. I don't have it in front of me, but I wouldn't think that they would be. Um, but if you look at a you know win shares per 48 or even a per season win share, he's got to be on this list. And I guess that might just be a fundamental difference in how I would put the list together, but I can't put together a roster of all-time Timberwolves without including Jimmy Butler. Sour grapes aside, and as angry as everybody should have been and was when he left and the way he forced his way out, He's one of the top, certainly 12 players to ever suit up for the Timberwolves. And if you're talking players in their prime, you can argue he's second to Kevin Garnett. Um, you could also argue he's third after Love or or Towns or fourth after both Love and Towns. But he's in the top four, and there's no question about that. In terms of in his prime, the single season he had in Minnesota, he basically, along with a fantastic offensive season from Towns, dragged the Timberwolves to the playoffs and they would have won 56 games, probably 54 games had he not gotten hurt. So I don't like leaving Butler off the list. I would have put Butler in the starting lineup with Sam Cassell. Cause again, Cassell's peak, his all-star season in a Timberwolves uniform got the Wolves to the Western conference finals. And he was legitimately awesome that year. And I would put Terrell Brandon on the roster still, of course, but he would be the backup, one of the backup point guards. So I would put Butler in the starting lineup. I would slide Brandon to the bench if I'm putting Butler on this roster, that means somebody has to be bumped off. The first person off my roster, again, here's the bench, Towns, Gugliotta, Rubio, Mitchell, Jefferson, Campbell, and Leitner. I'm bumping Tony Campbell. He was great in the inaugural season. He scored twenty over 20 points a game over his three years in a Timberwolves uniform, but he was not efficient. 
And outside of being a little bit of a volume score, he also wasn't a great outside shooter, but he still took a decent amount of threes in terms of, you know, in the context of how many threes guys were taking back then. And I don't think he belongs in the top 12 on this list. Really, the only reason he is is because he was the best player on the inaugural team and he averaged over 20 points a game over his Timberwolves career. But he wasn't a top 12 player or didn't have a top 12 player peak as a member of the Timberwolves, um, in my opinion. There's a couple other tweaks that I would make to this, and they're mostly surrounding different... it's, it's how you think you want to put this roster together. Is it just literally the 12 best players or are we considering position? Are we trying to put together a team that would compete in the modern NBA? If that's the case, definitely some tweaks need to be made. Is it a, a balanced team? You want essentially, you know, three guys at every position, um, or I guess not literally three at every position, but basically you could go three deep at every position because that's not this roster either. You've got effectively four centers um, and three point guards and one shooting guard because the Timberwolves haven't had very many good shooting guards throughout their history. So there's a lot of different ways you can slice this up. I'm going to take a stab at a couple of them and a couple of guys that I think I would include if I were if I were positioning this roster to compete in 2020 using, again, only players that have suited up for the Timberwolves or I would even make some tweaks if we were just looking at this as best all-time guys and trying to be a little bit more balanced in terms of positions. Um, and so that's that's how I want to look at this here coming up next. Before we do that, I did want to talk about our great friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like, I don't know, your mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Well, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, taking a look at this Axios all-time roster for the Timberwolves, I've already identified that I would take I would put Jimmy Butler on the roster. I'd take off Tony Campbell. If you wanted to go with if you really don't want Jimmy Butler on the roster and you just want a different guard, remember Tony Campbell's the only true like wing player that could play shooting guard on this roster. I mean, Sam Cassell could in a pinch. He's more of a, a shoot first point guard. Terrell Brandon's a point guard. Ricky Rubio is a point guard. And you need to find 
somebody to fill that spot from Campbell. I would, I would take Doug West over Tony Campbell. West had a longer Timberwolves career and a quicker peak in that he only really had one, one and a half seasons where he was legitimately like a, a really good starting player and a, a top flight scorer. He wasn't super efficient either, but I think the longevity of his career in Minnesota and the ability, he had filled a couple of different roles at times was more of a bench guy at times as a key reserve at times as a starter and a scorer. But I think he fits this team more, especially coming off the bench than a Tony Campbell. So I would take Doug West over Tony Campbell myself. Uh, I wouldn't actually have either of them. I would rather have Jimmy Butler. So that would be my number one change. The other change that I would look at in, in an effort to add another wing, you'd have to, you consider Latrell Sprewell. He was very good in the year the Wolves went to the conference finals, but a bit overrated again, not super efficient and was starting to lose a half step defensively. Trenton Hassel, a lot of times took on more difficult defensive assignments than Sprewell that year. And Sprewell was really important. And I don't know that the Wolves go as deep as they did without him. Uh, but he was clearly the third fiddle behind Garnett and Cassell and, and, uh, and it wasn't particularly close. Um, you know, it was huge to have Sprewell also because Wally Zerbiak had so many injuries in that year. But anyways, I digress. I think you'd have to consider Sprewell personally, and especially if we were creating this team for the modern era, Anthony Peeler received strong consideration for a long career as a Timberwolf. He was the Wolves franchise leader in three-pointers until very recently and um, both made and probably attempted as well. So Anthony Peeler would have to receive consideration and you could make an argument for Andrew Wiggins over Tony Campbell simply again, because of, um, you know, he, Campbell never played in the playoffs with the Timberwolves and, you know, Wiggins only made the playoffs once, but like, you know, he won rookie of the year. He still was an effective scorer. He had flashes of being a true superstar. So you could make that argument. I don't know that I would, I probably rank him behind Campbell in terms of all time Timberwolves, uh, but it's close. So Wiggins, there's an argument there. There's an ar- argument for Peeler. There's an argument for Spreewell. Those are the other wings. I think you got to, you got to fit them on the roster. It's really hard to take anyone else off. I mean, the starting lineup's about right. Again, I said I would shift Brandon to the bench, but he's, you know, you can't get too upset about that. Towns as the sixth man makes sense. Gugliata has to be on the roster. Um, Sam Mitchell really has to, even if he, if you look at the 12 players, his peak was the lowest and he would probably be the most replaceable from a production standpoint, but he's that glue guy. He's that mentor. He's, he can fill a variety of roles, uh, be a decent defender, a decent rebounder, can do a lot of things as, as kind of the typical small forward of the, of the nineties. And I think he has to make this team. I mean, he ranks so highly in so many Timberwolves categories and he's like in the top three in minutes and games played and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I think he, uh, he definitely has to be on this roster. You could argue against Al Jefferson. Personally, I'd put Nikola Pekovic on this list ahead of Jefferson. But again, that's kind of a toss up and both are more old school centers in terms of their back to the basket game. Both are okay rebounders for their size, but that's less important if you've got Kevin Love, Kevin Garnett and Carl Anthony Towns on the team. Um, but one of those guys has to make it. I'm okay with taking Jefferson. My preference would be Pekovic. And Christian Leitner, again, like he was better when he left the Timberwolves. I probably wouldn't have him on this roster just because, again, I think he duplicates his skill set. All the other big guys are better, um, whether it be Pekovic or Jefferson, certainly love Garnett Towns. So I think if it were my roster, I leave Leitner off and I include one of the aforementioned wings, but I understand why Leitner's on this roster. Um, he was an efficient player. He was solid for I think it was two and a half or three and a half seasons in Minnesota before he was traded. He made an all-star team after he left Minnesota and it certainly wasn't what the Wolves expected when they used a, a really early draft pick on him um, back in the early nineties, but, but was a solid player. And, and again, hard to argue with him being on this list. What I would do 
if this were my list and I was just building the, the, the best possible list, the best possible roster that's well-rounded can do different things, play in the best chance to play in the nineties, play in the two thousands and play in the 2020s. Um, I would need to add a little bit more shooting. I need a little bit more wing defense. I need to scale back on the big guys a little bit. If this were my roster, I put Jimmy Butler in the starting lineup. I shift Terrell Brandon to the bench. I keep both Brandon and Rubio because you can play a two guard lineup with uh, or a two, effectively a two point guard lineup with two of the three of Cassell, Brandon and Rubio, you could make that work. And I think you need Rubio's defense on this team. So I bump Campbell off the team. I put Butler in the starting lineup. I bump Brandon to the bench as the, as one of the backups along with Rubio. I also take Christian Leitner off the team and I add Anthony Peeler to get an outside shooter. Now you've got uh, Cassell, Zerbiak, and Peeler who are all going to be average or better, likely better than average three-point shooters. And that's, you know, outside of Carl Anthony Towns and Kevin Love, that, that's it in terms of outside shooting, but it's enough. Um, and then I think that's the only change I make. I, I probably take Jefferson off the roster in favor of Pekovic, but again, that's splitting hairs a little bit. Those guys had... Um, you know, Jefferson had a little bit of a better peak, but I think Pekovic might fit and add a little bit of toughness a little bit better. Jefferson's not exactly going to be a high usage guy. Um, you're going to be able to have a high usage rate off the bench or play a ton of minutes. I think Pekovic could fit better in a shorter minute role than, than Al Jefferson could. Uh, but that's the moves that I make. I leave Wiggins off the roster. I think, you know, I leave Doug West off the roster. My, so my only changes are taking Campbell, Leitner and Jefferson off. I'm adding Anthony Peeler, Jimmy Butler, and Nikola Pekovic, and I'm bumping Terrell Brandon to the bench. So my starters are Sam Cassell, Jimmy Butler, Wally Zerbiak, Kevin Love, Kevin Garnett. Towns is my sixth man. My backup guards are going to be Ricky Rubio, Terrell Brandon, Anthony Peeler on the wing, along with Sam Mitchell on the wing. Big men are Tom Gugliotta and Nikola Pekovic. I've got three guys that are primary centers in Pekovic, Towns, and I guess, you know, Garnett or Love are kind of interchangeable at the four and the five, depending on what era we're playing in. Tom Gugliotta can add a little bit of, of toughness, rebounding, some uh, some stretch four capabilities at the backup four. Got a little bit of backup uh, shooting uh, with Anthony Peeler and some perimeter defense. Sam Mitchell can pitch in there. Of course, that's one of the things missing on this roster because outside of Jimmy Butler, I mean, Wally Zerbiak was a average at best defender at his peak, probably a little below average. Sam Mitchell was a little better than average. Um, and we've got a lot of point guards because as it turns out, that's, that's where a lot of this talent has been for the Timberwolves. And it's not like any of them were you know, transcendent superstars. Sam Cassell was a one-time all-star who had an awesome year, brought the team to the finals. Terrell Brandon was solid, made the all-star team a couple times before he came to the Timberwolves. Ricky Rubio has always been a top, probably 15 point guard in the league, but he's never made an all-star team. Um, and so there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of talent on this roster. Unfortunately, when you look at every other roster or every other franchise across the league, there's been a lot of talent everywhere. And it's not exactly been pooled in Minnesota to this point. In the ranking, of course, Memphis was 30th. The Timberwolves came in as 29th. And since then, I'm going to read off the rest of the rosters that have been ranked so far, but I would encourage you to go subscribe to this. The Charlotte Hornets at number 28, Toronto Raptors at 27, which is a really interesting one considering they just won the championship last year. Kawhi, if you're wondering, did make the list on the starting lineup because his his uh, one year was that, of course, transcendent in that he... Uh, brought this team to a, to a, a finals victory. And then uh, just this morning, the number 26 team released the New Orleans Pelicans. Of course, we're just established in 2002. 
even though the Pelicans are directly from the original Charlotte Hornets, the NBA says they only began in 2002. So both Charlotte and New Orleans have already been ranked, but they both ranked higher than your Minnesota Timberwolves. Go ahead and subscribe to that newsletter. It's an interesting read, and it definitely can spark some fun debates. I know there's a few other Locked On shows across the network that are planning to review the Axios all-time rosters that were released. So go ahead and give those a listen. It's a lot of fun to talk about. I know we've spent some time ranking the best all-time players in Timberwolves history uh, during this current NBA hiatus here at Locked On Wolves, but thinking about it in the context of building a roster is actually a fascinating exercise because you have these decisions to make. What's the most you know, what are the most important traits and abilities that you want out of your 12 man roster? And Axios did a great job overall. It's a fun exercise. I was glad I could make some, some roster tweaks to help them out with the best all time wolves roster. So that, uh, puts a bow on that next week. We're going to get back into the Timberwolves big board. We're going to get as promised into number 14, 15, and possibly 16 on the board, which should cover where the wolves will be drafting provided they get to keep the Brooklyn Nets pick in this October's draft. As weird as that is to say, that's all we have for you today here at Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Wolves. A final special thanks to our friends at Built Bar for sponsoring today's episode. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.